Well, welcome back, everybody, to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shannick. And I'm Corey. And we're so thankful that you're joining us wherever you're listening from. We appreciate you. And those of you joining us on YouTube, thank you so much for watching us. We appreciate that as well. Um, as always, if uh, you haven't already, please leave a review, whether yep. that's on Apple, Spotify. Do it. Or if you're not able to leave a review, just uh, reach out. And I said la- a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe last week, um, if you've already left a review, um, I don't know if Apple lets you leave a second review. If not, I don't think so. I don't think so. Just reach out. Let us know maybe a favorite episode or, yep. you know, what you've been enjoying about the podcast. I will say, uh, and this is a good segue into the episode today. Uh, last week you were in the Netherlands. Yep. And uh, I've heard a little bit about your experience today. We're going to talk about that. But I believe because you were over there, um, exposed uh, a new audience to our podcast. If you're just now joining us from the Netherlands, thank you for listening as well. Um, we had our most downloaded week ever, ever. last week Crazy. while you were there. So thank you for going and uh, <laughs> expanding our audience. And know the people in the Netherlands, they are amazing. I've been there twice. Um, we're scheduled to go next year, November 2024. Can't wait. I love it there. Love the people there. Pete and Kira are awesome. Um, And it's going to be so much fun when we go back. But today we're going to talk about your experience last week because I've heard a little bit so far, but I can't wait to hear even more. And I'm sure our audience wants to hear some of your crazy stories as well. We'll start off. um, Here's how we're going to start off because apparently you just told me that. you got a nickname while you were over there. I did get a nickname. Spicy Ricey. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question is going to be, uh, I mean, you know, I know, you know, you like to push boundaries. You like to talk about controversial things. You like to bring clarity yep. to maybe some myths that people have believed in the church for a long time. Um, is that why you got that name spicy or is there another story pretty behind much. that? No, Let it's, me not, know. it's not inappropriate. That's pretty much why. <laughs> I did kind of open up some of my talks with like, hey, this could be a spicy conversation today. And again, I, I do like talking controversial subjects, but just because I found so much freedom in being able to question certain things. And so I stayed on topic with my assignment and my assignment was just spicy. So maybe we should just call Peter spicy, <laughs> spicy Peter. <laughs> Big shout out to Peter. But thank you. Yeah. Thank you for everybody that came out in the Netherlands and all of the relationships, uh, that were developed. I don't, I I love to preach and I could go over and preach anywhere, but what I liked more than preaching in the Netherlands, in the Netherlands was just the, the relationships that developed Peter and Kira, incredible leaders, Alexander and Jenny, uh, incredible leaders as well. And what they do and provide right there in Cullenborg. And I just am so grateful for them there. That's where I stayed the whole week was with them and just getting to talk and hang out with them and hear their life stories and what God's doing in their lives was so encouraging. And then getting to go to the several different churches and uh, man, we, we knew Stanley and Matthias before we went over there, they've been on this podcast, but just enjoying them, having so much fun with them, uh, reintroducing to Levi and his whole team, incredible human beings. In Rotterdam, right? In Rotterdam. And then at the Hag with Frisk and his team, they they were amazing. Frisk is so down to earth, one of my favorite people over there. And then I, I preached at a church in Kolomborg. Um, it's actually was Frank's building, but you remember Frank from yeah. the boat, yeah. a- incredible man there. And many people from his team, Remco and Martin, got to hang out with them. 
there was just so many different people that yeah. I got. I did want to ask you about one lady with. because I've connected her now with Tania over the last oh, yeah. like year. Fiona. Did, did uh, Fiona come out to any of the stuff? Yeah, Fiona is a part of Stanley and Matthias' church, yeah. and she gave me a gift for Tania wrapped. And so I actually brought it to church this past weekend, and she okay. opened it up, and Tania was like teary-eyed. And it was incredible art. That's so cool. Fiona's art. Fiona, if you're listening to this, that thing you made based on – I th- I sent it to you. You sh- she actually when she made it, she already Facebook messaged me months oh ago and showed goodness. me. It was I, amazing. Well, anyway, there is, there's this uh, window it. that you open up, and she created it with glass, and she did 613 pieces of glass to represent the law, and ten of them were big, and that represented the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And you could see Jesus on the other side of the glass when you look through the glass, but it was this picture of when you read the Old Covenant without. Uh, when you read the old covenant, yeah, it, there's a veil. It's like a veil. And yep. then you open up the window and there's Jesus perfectly seen. And you have to remove the old covenant to be able to see Jesus. Yeah. But Jesus is stitched with, uh, the book w- with Bible verses. Mm. And so as you get closer, you see in Dutch, of course. And I was just like, man, I know she did a lot of work on that. I think I, w- I would love one of those Fiona, but <laughs> no pressure to make that. Cause I understand the time that it, yeah. that it was incredible. I was just blown away. So yeah. now that's so cool. Love yeah. that. So you actually said, you know, preaching is not a big deal for you. You can show up, preach anywhere. And I do believe that to be true of you. Um, one of the things that you said that you were um, not worried about, but, you know, maybe a little bit of pressure about, you actually had uh, an all day meeting with pastors. So not so much preaching, but just unpacking more of a school setting. Yeah. Um, so tell me about that, how that went. Well, should I just go start from the beginning? Because that was the last day, and that was one of my favorite. That things. was the last day. Okay, yeah. Let's day. start at the beginning. So, yeah, let let's just start with the f- fun stuff. Uh, big shout out to Peter, man. He picked me up from the airport, and we just hit the ground running. No, no preaching stuff or or ministry this day. He took me to a pancake house, which was delicious. These they're really just crepes. They're not they're not pancakes, but they're like yeah, we're the best pancake people on the planet. Which it was incredible. I'll, to, I'll give him that. And then uh, on the itinerary that he sent me, he said, we're going to go watch the greatest game ever. Now, talk about expectations, okay? <laughs> we talked about this. I was expecting to go to European football or soccer yeah. as we know it here in the States. I was expecting to go to a game, and I was pretty hyped to go experience because I've, n- I've never been to a professional soccer game, even here in Louisville, but that's first division. That's not even the MLS. So I've never been to a pro soccer game, and in European soccer is just crazy, right? There's actually, we went and did, we did tour, uh, they call it Ajax, but in English we call it Ajax, which is like the largest club in the Netherlands. We did tour the The facility, the stadium. And there, I didn't know, I'll have to show you this picture. There is a section that is completely fenced up in the upper deck that is only for away team visitors. They go in and they go out. They have their own entrance and there's police. And if you are sitting outside of that area with an opposing team's jersey, the hooligans, which is a real thing still to this day, will find you and beat the crap out of you. Yeah. Which, and imagine. if you don't know what Corey's talking about, just go watch the movie Green Street Hooligans. Yeah. Well, I, you, you I don't know, know if we can promote that, but well, people might get offended, but it is wild. <laughs> yeah. You will get offended. But yeah. European soccer, if you want to know just, about hooligans, they're crazy. They, they are like loyal to their team and they can beat the crap out of you. Can you imagine if our pro sport, people get so offended <laughs> at fights that happen in our pro sports, but it is not the same over there. So that was, I was like, wait, they fenced them in for their protection just so that they can come see their crazy, crazy. But that's how intense and passionate that Europeans are about their local club teams that they support. Well, the week before I went, they had to end the game in the second half because people were throwing things and fireworks onto the field 
because they were losing to the biggest rival like three nil already and i'm like what what like that is just <laughs> insane we, we don't understand that as americans because yeah different world over there yeah, so but that that was your expectation that was my expectation to go to one of these matches hey big shout out to to peter his favorite game ever is a game called Korfball, which again never heard of never seen so we go to this Korfball game and it, it to give him some now stanley and matthias will have we're making fun of him the whole time when they found out he took me to Korfball because it's got a it's a man and woman's game so and again there's some stuff in european cultures that's not the same here in american culture and so a lot of the guys have some thoughts about korfball that it's it's a sissy sissy game because girls play that that's not my opinion so don't crucify me it's no one's opinion that we met with over there so don't crucify <laughs> them either but so it is a very interesting game it's like basketball but it's not it's played outdoors there's no backboard the rims are i think like 12 feet tall no dribbling no dribbling so and it's not even like um the frisbee game what uh ultimate, ultimate frisbee. Fr like you don't get steps so once you catch the ball you can pivot but there's no dribbling, and then they're trying to shoot in this basket. And it, I was trying to learn the strategy because I really enjoy sports games like that. It, I Yeah, I kind of understood it, but not. And the ending game was 10-9, and the last two minutes was very exciting. But Peter told me that games are supposed to be like in the 30s. So he's like, that was a, the worst game we ever have taken you to. So <laughs> I was like, oh, big shout out. But yeah, so I got to experience my first corf ball. And apparently so the United States has a team. And the training is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but it just hasn't taken off, and I, I can understand why it hasn't taken <laughs> off. No, no shot at Peter at all. It was it was a lot of fun. But then Sunday, uh, I'm traveling all the way to Stanley Matthias's church in the east part of the Netherlands, and for sake, so that you understand, the Netherlands. I looked it up. In the state of Indiana is 2.2 times bigger than the whole country of the Netherlands. So mm. think like traveling from southern Indiana to like Bloomington and then to the outskirts of our state. I traveled the entire country to, to share. So I went all the way east uh, Sunday morning, preached at Matthias and Stanley's church, uh, spent some time with them, and then drove all the way west to preach at a church in, in Rotterdam, which Pastor Levi and all of his team, which I ate dinner there. And there's a big Indonesian uh, population in the Netherlands, especially from World War II. They were displaced there, and then they just settled. And so there is a lot of Dutch, but also a lot of Indonesian people and his church, just beautiful Indonesia people. They, so I've ate Indonesia food, which amazing. is, man, I love Indonesia food. It is amazing. Uh, I had that actually Saturday, uh, Sunday night and Monday night. So I was, I was in heaven and they put this peanut sauce on stuff and it is delicious, but got to spend some time with his team. He's got an incredible team, got to, got to preach at his church that night, which was a lot of fun. Just again, I like developing the relationships with Pastor Levi, and he was a professional soccer player in the Premier League for nine seasons. So he's kind of a big deal, big yeah. shout out. Oh yeah, um, uh, people were asking him for his autographs all over the place. No, I'm just kidding. He, he was he was telling me that back when he was playing, sure, but yeah, he pays people to make him look famous. <laughs> and I was like, that's a great idea. I'm going to steal that and do that here here in the states, even though that's funny, yeah, whatever. And so then Monday, I wake up and I teach at for like six straight hours with Peter's uh, leaders. Uh, of the school. And so that was a lot of fun because it's a smaller environment. There were a lot of questions, got to share things that I haven't yet fully shared here in the States um, because I don't know, it. that's kind of where some spicy things happen. But just watching people get a bigger and better view of God in light of who Jesus is, is one of my favorite things to do because 
even though it might be controversial depending on your upbringing, but the freedom that comes from the yeah. message that, that in my opinion, that we share is so worth it. And so got to hang out with their team all day on Monday and, um, yeah, it was just, it was just a lot of fun. And then that night we went to the third largest city, which is called the hag. And I got to preach with Frisk and his, his team and Frisk is just a lot of fun. Got to hang out with him all day Thursday. He was, he was a lot of fun. Um, and, and so that was, again, we're, and that was like an hour trip too. So we're driving everywhere and I'm talking, teaching or preaching everywhere. And it's all, it's a lot. And so then Tuesday, one of the biggest reasons for why we even went over there was to meet with his direct team, Peter's direct team about the curriculum for their school. Foundation for life. Bible school. Foundation for life Bible school. And because they're like, Hey, with our new understanding of how to even read the Bible and our view of God through the lens of Jesus, like we can't teach half the things that that we used to teach. And so we need help. And so I kind of came super prepared. It was supposed to be an all day teaching, but it only took a couple hours, answered some questions. And then they, as a team got together and was like, how are we going to incorporate this? So me and Peter went shopping. I got some stuff for the kids. Uh, but then that night we went to back to where I was staying with Alexander. His, he has created pretty much a goodwill, which is how they like live. And so people drop off stuff, they resell it. His, that's his wife's story. And so they have this huge facility and they turned half of it into a church. So I got to preach there one evening and that was exhausting because I preached a sermon. Uh, Alexander was like- Translated? Translated, yep. Uh, with, so around with 45 Peter. minutes or so? Yep. Uh, and then Alexander was like, well, that wasn't enough. Why don't you teach what you taught us at the school the day before? So I was like, okay, that's a little spicy, but taught that for another 45 minutes. And then because of that, there were a lot of questions. So we opened up the floor for questions and answers. And because of some of the questions, I had to explain them in greater detail. So it was like I preached three more mini sermons after that and and talked for like another hour. So two and a half hours of teaching. I was emotionally drained, physically drained, spiritually drained in the best way, though, because the conversations were so fruitful and good in my opinion. And, um, yeah. And then the next day was Wednesday. I taught for four or five straight hours on the life of Augustine to 35 to 40 ish leaders that signed up for this specific thing. And it was six hours, right? uh, Just about. Yeah. I mean, what lunch included, but so then I taught and we answered questions. We teach again, answer questions. And they had man, people speak prophetically over me, which was super emotional. I got to prophetically speak over other people because Peter kept challenging me to to be prophetic. And so that was a lot of fun. Uh, but that, yeah. And then Thursday was just a tourism day. They actually took me to the AX stadium. We toured it. And then we went to um, a city north of Amsterdam, about 30 minutes north. And everybody thought that I was going to be dressed up like a Dutchman, like the wooden clogs and all the outfits. I do have a picture. I'll put them on socials this week. And they were all going to laugh at me, but Peter made everybody with us do it. So there's eight of us, <laughs> including Peter, dressed up as these uh, Dutchman thing. And so we took a picture. I had the picture in my office. It's a lot of fun. Like the typical wooden shoes, all yeah, that. Yeah, all of it. I think, whole, sh- I think you sent it to me. The whole thing. And they had like young women like dressing you. And so then you're like, whoa, hey, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and and then we stayed there in that city and it's right there on um, the ocean. And so we got to have dinner and great views. I got to shop, got all my kids uh, toys there. And it was just a lot of fun, very relaxing. And then, yeah, flew home Friday. But so it was a full yeah. jam packed trip. 
I, I shared all that to say some of my favorite times, favorite things was not just sharing what I came prepared to share, but watching the spirit take it into different directions. And then again, the freedom. I think there was a one lady, I was talking about faith, how faith is not our own. And I think we talk about this on episode 105, is it no about idea. faith? 104, yeah. 107. Not faith in Jesus, yeah. but the faith of Jesus, 107. That, that episode. Go, go listen to episode 107. I, I preached a very similar sermon there. Obviously, it was a little different, but that was New Year, New You, Faith. So I just talked on what faith is. It's, yeah, not your faith in Christ, but God's faith in you. And I had a lady at one of the churches come up. It was like 19 years I've dealt with the guilt of uh, the passing of one of my kids, and I carried the guilt that it was my faith as to why they, they passed. And I'm like, Or her lack of faith. Yeah, her, yeah, her lack of faith. Saying, yeah. And just being in that conversation, that one moment was like, made it all worth it. Like, oh my gosh. And then at another, another church, one, one of the pastor's wives passed away this, this past year and just being there to encourage him. It wasn't his lack of faith that life just happens sometimes and it's devastating. And so kind of just being there in their culture and not just challenging ideas about God, but just to be an encouragement and to speak prophetically over people. I, I kind of shared this. I got this prophetic image for Peter and Alexander and Foundation for Life School, but it was also for all the pastors there. And it was even a prophetic word for you because I shared it with you. The first night I was there, I, I woke up at like 2 a.m. and I couldn't get back to sleep until 4. And I just, man, these images were just downloading into my head. And one of the ones that like spoke out the most was this image of an owl. And so I, you know, research, okay, with spiritual definitions for owls. Um, an owl speaks of four things, wisdom, mystery, intelligence, and protection. But the owl has the ability to unmask deception and guide people into who they need. Uh, it, it guides people who need to see beyond the obvious. Or in other words, the owl invites people to see clearly in the dark. And I love what that prophetically speaks over people because when you understand that, how to read the Bible through the lens of Jesus and understand that Jesus is who God has always been, there is a darkness that is taught in religion that that blinds people to seeing God for actually good because there's stories in the Bible that people misuse and abuse or ideas in the Bible that people stand on because it's in the Bible and they're like, oh, this is right. And it, it distorts the view of God. And so I love shedding light on that. And I think an owl speaks prophetically to all of them in the Netherlands, but even to us in the States for you that are in leadership positions within the church is to be an owl, be that person that invites people to see God clearly through the lens of Jesus. And so that was a lot of fun. I, I don't know. I've never really kind of challenged myself to be prophetic in people's lives. Apparently every prophetic word I gave for someone, Peter said it was like right on, which is it's easier to be prophetic in a different country because I don't always have to stay, you know, like <laughs> I get to leave. And so if it wasn't a yeah. good word or a right word, oh, well, but Peter really challenged me around that. And he, it was so fun to be in a, Peter's such an amazing person. He really is. And his wife is so amazing too. And big shout out to them. Learned not just a lot about Corfell, but learned a lot about tennis. Am I right, my man? Tennis. tennis. A lot of tennis going on. They love, they love tennis over there. <laughs> That's Shit. so funny. That's well, that inside, is a uh, joke. <laughs> no, it's all good. So that's seven days. Seven days, man. Netherlands, seven packed days. And I love what you just shared. And I think that's a great way to end this podcast. If you're still with us and you're still listening um, to just Corey talk about his experience 
you know, when you open yourself up, when you put yourself in maybe uncomfortable places, um, for the sake of wanting to show people love and wanting to give out of what God has deposited in you, in that passion, in that gifting, God always comes through and the spirit always comes through. And sometimes he's always speaking. He always wants to move. He always wants to encourage, not just you, but encourage others through you. And if you'll pause long enough, or if you'll put yourself in a position where you can actually hear from the spirit, I promise you, um, he's prompting you and he's speaking and you can do way more than you think you have the ability to do. I promise you that. And so, uh, if you're listening, maybe who is somebody that you can connect with this week to encourage this week, maybe to speak prophetically over somebody. And when we're talking about, um, prophecy and flowing in the prophetic, it isn't some Christian weird thing. Um, you know, prophecy is for edification, um, and encouragement. And if you can build up someone with your words, because your words do carry weight and power, why don't you go ahead and speak prophetically and encourage someone in their life where they're at. And it could be as simple as just, um, come along someone and encouraging them in what they're doing in their everyday job or how they're parenting. Um, you know, just everyday things that sometimes people just get caught up in the routine of, and they don't realize the significance of that parenting or of that job that they're doing, but, but it really is significant and you really are needed and valued and the people around you, um, need you to, to yeah. encourage them. Yeah. And so that's what I want to leave you with. That's, that's a really good challenge. I think one of my, going back to one of my favorite things, and I think this will speak to even what you just said, specifically even about how to understand the Bible and then understand prophecy is one of my favorite things learning were figures of speech that were current in Dutch. They don't oftentimes translate well, but we can kind of understand them. And so I kind of opened up with this idea of there are even metaphoric phrases in Dutch currently that they use that we don't use. They don't, we don't do the same, but if you, again, were to just to read them in the English, they wouldn't necessarily make sense. And we're, we're doing that same thing with an ancient text that is full of metaphors. And so it was actually the perfect tie in. And some of these things were so funny. I'm going to read a yeah, couple read for them. you read them. because after I preached at um, the hag that night, we had like an hour drive and there was four of us in the vehicle. And I was making Peter like cry from laughing so hard because we were just making a whole kinds of inappropriate but also fun conversation specifically around these figures of speech and so i learned that four hands on a belly is when two people team up to make fun of someone else like uh (laughs) if if i was making fun of you with mel it'd be like four hands on a belly doesn't make sense at all in english but it's kind of funny to think about uh there comes the monkey out of the sleeve is like you're showing your true colors which that kind of makes makes sense and they told me a lot They, they said that a lot to me I don't know if that was a good <laughs> there thing. There comes or... the monkey out <laughs> of the sleeve. There he is. <laughs> Peter Peter looked at me a lot the way that you look at me and my wife look at me. So you know I was really comfortable with them yeah, over there. And I kept telling Peter, hey, the fact that you're looking at me like this and the fact that <laughs> it means that we're comfortable, you know, I gave him a little good game. I taught him about the Toblerone, which big shout out there. Uh, see between the fingers is like covering your bad behavior with grace, but it's not a churchy phrase. Um, they, they, they don't use it in the church. Uh, try to try to have the cat believe that. This is like our metaphoric phrase is like um, pull the wool over your eyes. It's like trying to pull, like a trick or whatnot. Are you born in a church? That That's the question. We say the same thing, except for we don't call it church. We say barn. Are you born in a barn? It's like when you leave the door open. Are you born in a church? Oh, really? Yeah, wow. which okay. I like that one. But it's a I meta- do like that one because if it speaks to the door always being open, it should how be. amazing is that? It should be always open. It yeah. is really awesome. That's cool. uh, 
a cow catches a rabbit is a metaphor for like the impossible happening. And then the, I can't say the last one, but are you sure? It, it, well, it's <laughs> like to say about something say, in hindsight, like you look a cow in the butt, lick a cow in the butt. No, you know <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the phrase. Look. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh man. Except We're not going to edit that word. out. Yeah. Yeah. So just look a cow in the butt like the, in hindsight. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And so I kept saying that over and over and over again. And he would just cry and laugh. And then so I just had a really good time with those people. And I know they, they had a really good time. It wasn't just a spiritual time. I, I would say it was all a spiritual time because yeah. being fun and having a good time with people is Building a relationship experience. is one of the most spiritual things you can do yeah. in the kingdom. Yeah. I just love them so much. There's such an incredible heart of receptivity and such a they're just good people. And I, I'm believing great things for the Netherlands. Can't wait to be back next November. Um, hopefully bring in our wives with us. Everybody's like, we can't wait to meet Julia to see what kind of woman deals with you. And I'm like, wow, they say that kind of stuff in the States too. <laughs> they do. And we do. And so, like yeah. everybody says, oh, she must be a saint to put up with you. <laughs> anyway, yeah. spicy, ricey. And there was, right. there was a lot more. <laughs> If you want to know more details, I can share some. Some just weren't necessary to share because they were more personal. But I had an incredible experience, an amazing seven days in the Netherlands. And I believe that what happened there is also going to be, I'm going to bring some stuff. It gave me some more courage to be able to talk about even some of the things that I feel like God is is trying to deposit into us at Hill City. And so I'm, I'm ready for the ride. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you had the ability to go over there and show the people of Netherlands yeah. the love that, that you carry. And I love that you felt loved by them as well. Oh, and yeah, so, so loved. Really, and, and going back to this, like I really think, you know, you're talking about some things that you experienced that maybe weren't very spiritual, but why do we always have to elevate like someone giving a prophetic word as something spiritual or preaching the most amazing sermon you've ever preached as something spiritual? Man, hanging out at dinner with a group of people laughing, cutting up, building relationship. I swear that's the most spiritual thing that, that you did over there. Building it is. Relationships. It is. Yeah. We, we had more spirituality at the, at the dinner table sharing yeah. in communion than we did yeah. preaching in so, service. So our listeners go out and do something spiritual this week, connect with somebody, have a meal with someone, connect, build a friendship with someone. That's the most spiritual thing that you can do this week. And uh, with that, just know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it. 